You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. What I don't know, though, Steve, is how to embrace conflict. I need yes, all the help I can do. get. <laughs> I know how to inflict it. Yeah, there you go. Oh, you know how to expert start it. Mm-hmm. I've seen that happen. But to unpack that question is Nancy Fitzgerald of Anchors Away Worldview Ministries. And we are unpacking our biblical worldview question of the week. Good morning to you, Nancy. Well, good morning, Kelly and Steve. And yes, this is a, a question that is difficult for all of us, for sure. How do we embrace family conflict? Um, how do we do it? In a Christ-like and, manner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's the, that's the add-on that makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, for, for all of us, no matter what size your family is or where you live, if you're living together or apart, um, there's conflict. There is conflict. And... I, I, what we what we want to work through today is the difference between healthy conflict and unhealthy conflict, and what do we do uh, to to are we inflicting or or are we uh, the product of? So, uh, if we look at healthy conflict, there is within that idea a willingness to disagree, uh, to discuss the the issue. And actually to listen to one another with the hope that in the end there is peaceful resolution. That is the idea of healthy conflict. Conflict in itself is not bad. Uh, It's just part of life, but it's how we deal with it. And then there's the unhealthy conflict where a deep hurt has come through, I don't know, upbringing or experiences or (coughs) situations that's loaded with unresolved life experiencing resulting in anger and hurt and hate uh, with the uh, desire to destroy rather than to rebuild. And uh, it happens all the time. We all live in it off and on. The question is, what do we do with it? How do we respond in as Christ would have us? Well, that's the question, though. How do we avoid getting stuck in the middle of it, right? What does the Bible say maybe about how we're supposed to handle it in a healthy way uh, that results in a better understanding of the issue rather than getting mired down in the debate and just picking each other to pieces about it? Yes, and you know, that kind of conflict, there's just no end to it. It's who can hurt somebody else uh, the most, and and that's so unhealthy, and it's part of of so many families and relationships. But getting back to the root of unhealthy conflict is this idea of of sin. We are all sinners, and it happened back in the Garden of Eden, Eden, where God gave man and women the choice to obey or go their own way. And this is the issue. Sadly, as, as, as we know, Adam and Eve disobeyed and followed their pride. Their pride saying, I don't need God. I can do this myself. And if you're not worshiping God, then you're going to be in Satan's camp. It's either or in Scripture. And Adam and Eve believed Satan, the lies that he had to say about 
did God really say that idea that perhaps God's a liar and that I can give you much more? And they were disconnected, essentially, relationally from their from the creator, from God. Humans have struggled with their ability to, to respond to truth and love and interpersonal relationships from that time on. Realizing that God is the God of relationships. And when we turn from God, relationships go sour. It's just the way it is. And, uh, you know... The, the truth of the matter is there can be no long-lasting uh, resolution when Christ is not invited into the conflict by the Christian or the non-Christian here. And we get sucked into these conflicts as Christians, and we behave as, as the world behaves instead of as Christ behaves, and then we, you know, we get so down on ourselves. But in Matthew 5, 9, uh, Jesus implores us to live in unity. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And then again, Paul writes in Romans twelve eighteen, if it is possible. Now that is interesting how he starts. If it is possible, because there are some situations, probably many, where it's not. Where the attitude is, I don't care. I'm going to destroy you. I don't care. I don't want to work for resolution. But in the process of, of whatever happens to that person that we're in conflict, with whom we're in conflict, Paul writes this, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, not the other person, as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As believers, God's gift of the Holy Spirit that we have in us enable us to have those motives of seeking peace and unity with the irregular people in our lives. Hebrews 9.15, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. He is saying here is that we need to be above the conflict and to be a witness for Christ, even though it hurts, even though it's not fair, to be that voice of reason and hope and use it as an opportunity to show people who Christ really is. Okay, Nancy, let's let's look at it this way, too, because, and, and I'll, I'll just be the first to say this, when I think of conflict, I really would, if I'm going to have to deal with it, I would like to be able to say it's because of somebody else, but sometimes I am yes. the source. I just am. So when it's us, how do we handle it? Ouch. And, you know, that's the thing. This is the missing element, I think, in, in the conflict. Um, because when it arises, uh, when there's conflict, it's essential for us to do some introspection to see what our motives are with this conflict. Am I looking to become friends with those involved, am I, or am I out to win a battle and be okay with calling those people that I'm with whom I'm in conflict enemies? Is what I believe to be true? coming from fact, or is it rather coming from an emotional response? Why is this situation causing conflict? <clears throat> and the killer question, am I the problem? And, you know, when that happens, uh, that's why we have accountability partners, and that's why God is always available to, to us. 
to talk with our friends and, and go to God through the scripture and be open and honest about what we are bringing into this situation. And how then do I reconcile this beginning with myself? Because God desires that we love one another. And Satan wants us, uh, wants to destroy us in our relationships with others. It's either God brings life into, Satan brings death into relationships. And that's why it is so vitally important for us to keep our hearts and minds focused on God and ask him for his intervention to heal the broken relationships. And through the Holy Spirit, when uh, the, that God gives us as Christians, we'll be able to wisely choose words uh, that are affirming and kind and keep away of, from that gut response of wanting to hurt others in the process because they have hurt us. And that is the thing. Our natural response is to defend and strike back. And God says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's John 10, 10. I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. And God is telling us, to do the impossible, but possible with the Holy Spirit, to walk in and, and, and continue to try to strive for unity and reconciliation. Uh, he then uh, tells us through Proverbs 15, 1 and 2, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. And again, that idea of in the middle of battle, calming ourselves down through the work of the Holy Spirit, because we can't do it ourselves. But that idea of being able to understand and realize we have to control ourselves, choose our words, because ultimately we want to bring these people to Christ. And if they're Christians, and there's conflict, then we want to, through Christ, bring unity. And we have to be that person, that stronger person in an argument, to say this argument is going nowhere. Let's just regroup and be kind and speak gently to one another. And uh, I've seen it work, but I'll tell you, it's hard. It really is. And so, Nancy, the question then is, how do we keep ourselves in check when we're having conflict with others so that the situation just doesn't completely spiral, blow up, and get completely out of hand? Right. And I think in most conflicts, especially with family and in business situations, too, uh, so many people just want to be heard. And everybody's talking at the same time and nobody's listening. Nobody cares to listen. Mm. But I think that's... Being a good listener, uh, seriously, is is a key in resolution, I think. Uh, being a listener without constant interruptions, even if they're not telling the truth. But let them speak their piece. And I think by that, it shows respect and a desire to understand the other side of the conflict. It's amazing what you can learn when you really stop and listen to one another. And, and I think to point out those things that you agree with and verbalize with them. 
you know, this thing, I'm glad to hear you say that. Uh, and uh, uh, do you want to get be- beyond this and still be friends? And I think that's a good question to ask. Uh, we can argue all night, but where is this going? Do you want to be friends at the end or not? And how do we get there and, and start talking about do you want resolution and, and how do you want to go there? And I think this approach, especially for the Christian, uh, will help keep our uh, emotions in check. And it's not easy, uh, especially when we strongly agree. But I think it's important to let the other side have their say and listen to them and agree in certain points. And often when a person can explain why they feel a certain way, they'll soften and they'll be more listen, uh, uh, open to listening to another point of view. And in James 1, 19, 20, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger, anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And there it is right there, being quick to listen. I think listening, we have to train ourselves because that doesn't come naturally, you know, to many of us. But we have to train ourselves to listen to what they're actually saying instead of hearing wah, 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 just waiting for our time to jump in and and share what we're thinking. But to truly listen and be so slow to speak. You know, control our words. Don't be a reactionary. Listen Mm -hmm. with remembering that the goal is that they might see Christ in you. With a Christian, the goal is reconciliation, that we might be as one unity in Christ. And that's the bigger picture, really, what we have to do. Conflict is very, very difficult to resolve, especially when trust has been broken. Can you help us just understand that a little bit better? Yes, for sure. And and trust is, the again, the key. And if trust continues to be broken over and over and over again, how on earth do you resolve much of anything? Conflict resolution, however, aims to maintain unity in our relationships and restore our connection with others. It will take patience. It takes prayer to work toward this idea that in our weakness, in our imperfection, we as human beings can get along. Uh, It takes time. It takes time when both parties agree, I want to fix this, it takes time, but at least coming together and verbalizing and listening, saying we both want this to work is so important. But sometimes there, frankly, is no reconciliation. If one side is involved in abusive or emotional maltreatment, you know, uh, this is very serious stuff where there's, it's the idea is to kill and destroy one another. And God says no, you know, and if it gets to the point uh, when, when such patterns of abuse and emotional maltreatment, uh, relationships must be broken for safety reasons. 
you know, until there is healing. So again, to stay in difficult, abusive relationships, there has to be a pause. And, and these parties need to split and get healthy. Somebody is going to be hurt in, in, the, in the process, if not. The, the bottom line is this for us as Christians. We need to just understand all things are possible with God. And when conflict arises, if God, if we go to God first, invite him in, it doesn't mean it's going to be an easy road. It doesn't even mean that reconciliation is possible unless there is trust. Because with no trust, a relationship is absolutely going nowhere. I don't care uh, our trust in God that he is with us and working hard with us through this situation that we might maintain our call to love others and to love God well. And this is the thing. This is not about us in conflict. It's about God, how well we represent God. And, and the thing is, we need to make every effort, as Ephesians 4 says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. We as Christians, let's get together, and this is what we are called to do to the glory of God. Whether or not other people uh, are kind to us or mean to us, we have to, we have to, we have to be that light, be that voice of truth. Whether or not two people get back together, their families get together, at least be that hope, that peace of light. And uh, just closing with Ephesians 4, you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we all are members of one body. In your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angered. Do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, uh, that it might benefit those who listen. So, <clears throat> again, I think we embrace conflict as voices, as pictures of Christ by the way we listen, by the way we love, by the way we hope for unity, but also to be that person that is available when people want to come back and talk and, and try to work through conflict. Uh, we always have to have a voice, Christians, to, to resolve. But when it gets to the point where it's, it's emotional abuse, physical abuse, and we have to step away, get help, and get out of that situation. And, and I don't think Christians get out of it enough. They wait till it's beyond, you know, fixing to the point where it's so vicious, so vile, uh, that people have to separate and hopefully someday come back. But it is difficult, but we are called, we are called to be light in the darkness. Mm -hmm. And boy, is it hard. It is not yeah. easy. Well, Nancy, we just have about a minute and a half left, but we did get a question in this morning uh, that asks this. Nancy, what if we don't want the friendship to continue? So yeah. given this case, because there were many times where those who came to Jesus wanted something, and when they did not get what they want, he did not go chasing after them. He did not go mm -hmm. chase them down. Um, so when we want to end 
a relationship, and maybe if it is in conflict, um, speak to that just from a biblical perspective very, very briefly. Yes. Well, first of all, we are called to love God and to love others, period. We aren't called to fix anything. And that's the thing. If people want to be cruel and rude to you and this and that and the other, that is their choice. I'm choosing to forgive and move on. And this whole idea of uh, dust your feet off and, and go, uh, this idea when people don't want reconciliation, uh, where there is no trust, then it is time to move on. I'm not talking about hating somebody. I'm not, I, I'm not talking about that at all. But it is time to move on. And uh, that's hard, but to stay in abusive relationships that go nowhere over the years is doing much more damage to those around than you can imagine. That's why I think we need to address this idea of that just the line in the sand when it gets to abuse and there's no, uh, there's no conversation, there's no hope of reconciliation, there's no trust with each other, then everybody needs to just take a break and come back and, and get your own lives together through Christ and, and, and try to make it work. But if it doesn't, again, God says, you know, dust your feet off. Mm-hmm. And, and we all have choices, that's for sure. And you're right, uh, uh, Steve, and the, it, Jesus never runs after anybody. He'll go to them, but it's our choice to accept him. And um, again, the, uh, too, many, too many people are living in abusive relationships because they've been abused to the point where they don't think they matter and that life doesn't matter. And we have a responsibility of Christians is to speak into this. Get yeah. out. Get out. Yeah. All right. And it's tough. It is tough. Well, we appreciate that. I hope that answers uh, that person's question. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to. Don't know if they wanted to remain anonymous or not, but we'll just leave it at that. But Nancy, thank you so much uh, for taking an extra moment to share on that, and thank you for this Biblical Worldview Question of the Week. If you do want to find out more details about Anchors Away Worldview Ministries, we want to point you to anchorsaway.org or go to kellyandsteve.org and click on the Resources tab. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the Word to Life. 